0: Howdy, fella nerf herders. I like me a good old space western. I don't like having them spoiled by Bantha Poodoo yapping too much. The following is just two Mando-loving scoundrels talking about the show. So if you don't want spoilers, then turn your tauntaun now and head back to base. So long, and happy listening. come back mando
1: i have spoken i've never met a real mandalorian heard stories know they're really good at killing
0: find ahsoka tano tell her you were sent by bo this is the way Welcome back, Hail Ming listeners, for another episode of Hail Ming Presents This Is The Way. Uh, Rick and I's love song and love story and love letters to Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau for making a fantastic story in Star Wars for us to enjoy. Yeah. And uh, every week we come to you with uh, our take on the latest episode. And this week we're going into Chapter 15, The Believer. I can't wait to get into it. And what did you think of it, Rick?
1: Oh, it's again. I keep waiting for one of these episodes to be the kind of pullback, right, where things kind of slow down and you're going to focus more on some story details. But again, man, we we pretty much hit the ground running, and this this thing rocks just like the other episodes.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, and I disagree because I think that this was this was that slow simmer that brings it off the high action. And uh, and it starts to to widen the scope of the story. And I and on second watch, I really I really found that to be true.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I mean, it had a lot of action, yeah. But uh, unlike the other ones, it wasn't just like you know nonstop pulse beating from beginning to end.
1: I think what they do though is they they give us a little something different here too, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. So yeah, it does kind of slow down. But it gives you. We we went from last episode being Rodriguez to this episode becomes mm-hmm. Tarantino.
0: Right, and I, I should have taken note. I know that the director of this one has directed a previous episode and is one of the writers. Yeah, um,
1: but there's there's a definite scene in this that is s- straight off of a Tarantino movie. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a kind of a tip of the hat in that manner or what but uh i don't know man i'm still i'm still jonesing over this show man
0: yeah yeah me too i i'm excited about it and uh and in, in this episode although i feel like it was slower than the other ones it really gives you a lot to chew on and and i'm i'm excited about it so we lead into this new episode like i said it's um it starts off exactly where the last one uh lets out you know he goes to to Kara Dune at the end of uh, the last episode, and he says, "I need your help finding an ex-imperial." He's looking for Megs Mayfield, uh, who he did the job with in the first season, the prisoner, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, and he finds him, uh, you know, working the what the the ship mines out there on that planet, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's like a uh, a rebel prison yard, basically a republic a republic prison yard, and yeah, he's out here you know, cutting up old TIE, tie fighters and stuff. And this, uh, again, man, another thing I'm really loving about this is the introduction of all these legit droids that we're having, right? They're more mechanical as we go along, and I'm, I'm kind of enjoying that.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I got to watching it, and I was thinking, you know, a, a rebel prison is probably a whole lot like an imperial prison. You know, yeah. they they have these droids that are, you know, telling the the inmates what to do. And they're just, you know, mindless automatons doing a job. And, you know, prison is prison, and it sucks. Right. So, you know, it, it's it's not any better under the, the Rebellion than it would have been.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, you got uh, uh Cara Dune coming, getting Mayfield and walking him back, and he's like, hey, wouldn't you at least tell me where we're going? And off in the distance, you can see the Slave One sitting there. And when they walk up to it, you got Boba Fett coming down the ramp and – He's got a new paint job, man. The outfit's looking pretty snazzy.
0: Yeah, I think it's the it's the cleanest that that armor has been since its inception. You know, it's, probably. It, well, when you first saw it in in the uh, Empire, you know, it was all beat up, and yeah. and I was kind of surprised to see it painted. I, I guess you know, I, I thought he kind of liked it that way, maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, he he comes down the ramp, and Mayfield looks at him and goes, "Oh." Crap, you scared me there for a second. I thought you was this other guy. And sure enough, walking right behind him, here comes Mando down the ramp. And you see Mayfield's head just drop. like, oh, crap.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. I wasn't sure if he was going to be, you know, mad that that he got swindled into getting caught. I mean, they tried to get Mando uh, thrown in the jail cell yeah. and take the rap for them, and, and he turned the tables on him. So I wasn't sure if he was going to be mad or not, but I think he was more just like, well, I've got no power in this scenario and now you have some friends and you guys are just going to come get me, you know. Yeah. He thought they were coming to kill him.
1: Right. Yeah, he even calls them out on it, right? And but they basically load him up, get him on the the ship and this is the first time I can recollect really seeing the the insides of the slave one.
0: Yeah, yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken, there might have been a short scene in the last episode, but but again, it's got a lot more space than I thought. Yeah. it would have.
1: Yeah, so we're inside the Slave One. Boba Fett's obviously flying, and the rest are back in the open area. And this is where they're giving Mayfield the speech of, "We need your help, you know, to get the Imperial clearances and the protocol, so we can find Moff Gideon's cruiser, because he's got Grogu, and that's where Mayfield's. Oh, wait a minute, you mean you know the little green guy? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, so, so. If I help you, what's in it for me, right? So he starts asking that kind of stuff. Do I get to go free? And they're like, yeah, it ain't that kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that kind of party.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I really, I really like all the exchanges with Bill Burr. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that it adds a depth to the show that it hasn't had. You know, he's he's not a wooden actor, and I'm not sure. How much acting he's done? I know he's a stand-up comedian, but he's fantastic.
1: Yeah, he's good. So uh, <clears throat> he ends up saying, "Okay, the first thing I can think of in order to find this information is go to Morak." And right, right. And, and even he,
0: he's got he's got to find a an imperial. What is it? A terminal, right? An yeah. interior terminal.
1: <laughs> yeah. And. The only thing he can think of, of getting to one, I don't know if that's just near where they are at at the time, but it's Morak, and then, you know, uh, Mandalorian says, hey, there's nothing on that planet. And uh, he's like, oh, trust me, there's there's still some remnants there. So they go there, and they've got this Imperial mining hub, and they're mining this stuff called uh, Rhydonium, which...
0: Yeah. Apparently some kind of a volatile explosive yeah. that they're mining.
1: Yeah. So this sets up your scenario for the movie Speed, right? Because <laughs> it's almost like the speed of the vehicle is even volatile to this material. So you can only go so fast, all that kind of scenario.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's similar to Yeah, there's, there are a few things that reminded me of Solo in this. Uh, yeah. And one of them is the whole, you know, we've got this volatile... Uh, element on board and if too much stuff happens then it's going to explode uh, and you know they're they're in a they're in a big uh, cargo um, transport called a juggernaut yeah which uh it's awesome. which i think is great <laughs> i mean you know I, I think it's great because you know i don't know you get this sometimes in the star wars universe where you have things that are quintessentially earthbound <laughs> and you know the, the juggernaut is something you recognize from a few places and and uh, even though it's a mythological Earth thing, it's it's a really cool thing. They have these transports; they're really cool looking. They look like little uh, centipedes with multiple wheels, and and they're segmented. Yeah. And they're they you know this convoy of them going to the uh, going to the the base. Yeah. So in order to get on them, uh, you know, Miggs is like, <laughs> well, you know, if you have a uh, if you're in the database, the genetic database, as a rebel officer or a re- rebellion, you know. Member, yeah. Yeah. then you won't be able to make it in. It'll trip an alarm, so right. nobody can go with him except Mando, right? Because yeah, he's on Cause, the only
1: one. that's not in the. System. It's the ISP scanning system. So yeah, if you're if you're picked up by that, then they said it just you know uh, Mayfield even says it's guns blazing at that point, right? So so it's down to Mando and and uh, Mayfield, and they're like, well, how are you going to do that? Because how am I going to explain you walking in there in your outfit? And he gets an idea because he uses his scope on his gun and realizes that there's these uh, troopers that we've never really seen before uh, that I can recall in any Star Wars. Yeah, they kind of
0: look like, they kind of look like snow troopers. They have big, you yeah. know, flared helmets and, and, but they're in this mud, this putty green color. Um, And yeah, they're the ones driving the transport. And so he's like, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. Right. And they, um, they jump down there and Kara Dune you know, gets into the transport when it goes through a tunnel. They all do. And uh and, and and I just want to point out that she's punching these dudes bare knuckled yeah. on their helmets.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too. You know, she jumps out in the in the, the, the drop uh, the drop door and <laughs> makes waste of these two people and like you said, she's apparently strong enough to punch you to where you feel it through your armor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, and I'm sure that people making them making the show were like, hey, they're wearing helmets and she's punching them with her bare knuckles. And somebody's like, yeah, that's just Cara Dune. Yeah, you know? that's
1: awesome. <laughs> so
0: so, they, it, so they, they knock them out and, you know, Miggs and Den and mm-hmm. they steal their outfits and and Miggs through this whole time is just needling uh, yeah. Den about stuff. And he's like, hey, so uh, how do you think of this? What do you think about this armor? You know, he's <laughs> laughing at him. He's saying, "What would they say on Mandalore?" Right. You know, he's just
1: yeah, and, and you can tell that that you know Mando is completely uncomfortable in this situation too. Because one, he doesn't like Mayfield, and two, he's totally—it's like being naked, not being in his his regular armor. So it's it's very you know, and like you said, Mayfield is even trying to create some kind of you know, just talk shop kind of stuff just to keep things moving, and. uh Mando just keeps saying, "Look, you're gonna have to realize you and I are nothing alike."
0: <laughs> right, right, and and this is where I'm talking about. It, it isn't action all the way through, but there's some there's some depth to it that I thought yeah. made it a slow episode at first. But but then I realized that all of it's very intentional, you know, exactly. Because everything Mayfield's talking about is you know the difference between the rebellion and the and the empire really right. only matters to rebellion and empire higher ups. Yeah, you know the soldiers are the same. The people being oppressed by larger government still the same, and you know, and he's saying it's all the same. There's no right. difference in the galaxy, and he, you can tell he's trying to convince himself as yeah. much as he's trying to to, to tell you know Din how much uh, wisdom he has, you know.
1: Yeah, and that, but that it, it gives you the mentality of all these characters that we've liked throughout history. You always look at them as the lone gunner. That hey, I'm just here to make a living. Well. It's this mindset that kind of sets that up, right? Because they feel like, you know, there's good and bad on both sides, and it's just a matter yeah. of you protecting yourself. Just like you know, they show the little the little village there that, that they drive through, and like he says, you know, doesn't matter, good guy, bad guys, we're all foreigners trying to take over their area. You know,
0: it's true, <laughs> and yeah, it, again, it, it. I don't know. I, I not to bring up too many things. I know I already brought up, uh, solo, but. There, there's another moment in this that reminded me a lot of Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that made it difficult for people to accept the second in the sequel trilogy, the, uh, the the Last Jedi, was Ryan Johnson was kind of trying to do this too, where he was saying, you know, good, bad, somebody's selling weapons to them both. Yeah. You know, like there are people in this galaxy that are benefiting no matter who's in charge, and there are people suffering no matter who's in charge. Right. And you know, it it didn't really fall into line with the other movies being quite so fairy fairy tale fantastical. You know, yeah. I still have a hard time watching the Last Jedi. You know, there's part mm-hmm. it, it doesn't carry me the way the other ones do. Yeah. So you know, I can say that I didn't buy it all together. But I see what they're doing here, and they're doing it better in Mandalorian. Maybe because they have a better platform for it.
1: Yeah, but this all leads up to the scene you know, later on where it all comes to a head, too. So absolutely
0: fantastic scene. Yeah. So yeah, to, to move along the, like you said, where they're, they're driving through the village, you know, they, they see the people there who are, who are giving them the stink eye because the empire is more or less occupying their planet. And they get a little ways down the road, and they start to hear on the comm, <laughs> you know, other juggernaut drivers saying, "Well, you know, thanks for telling me about this being up here." Oh, and then explosions <laughs> and stuff, and, and they're like, "What the hell's happening up there?"
1: Yeah, well, you can even see the other, you know, juggernauts <laughs> that have already been blown up, and they're on the sides of the roads, just and they're weaving through these burned-out, you know, carcasses of machinery. Right. And and if you
0: if you remember, they're they're hauling this highly volatile explosive. Um, chemical or whatever it is in big tanks
1: yeah yeah i mean and and you know then like i said they're they're looking down the road and they can see the explosion of the other cargo carriers that are ahead of them and then we find out why and instantly man when i saw these i thought this is where danny and i are gonna be like yeah pirates
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it, this is the other thing I, I I wanted to mention about Solo is that in Solo they have the the Nest is the bad guys in that and they're on those skiffs in that first thing yeah. that's what this reminded me of they're on kind of like a uh-huh. like a sand skiff kind of deal and they they got spears because obviously they don't have guns you know maybe they found the skiff somewhere because they still seem to have primitive weaponry but but they are ready to, to jump on these guys and blow them up. It doesn't even look like they want to steal from them. They just want to take them out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they just want to stop this, and they're thinking that, you know, well, it's that same mentality of, you know, if we keep destroying this, eventually they will just leave us alone. And, uh, right. But, yeah, it's it's incredible, though. I noticed that all these pirates, I mean, they have a, just like an unlimited supplies of, of like thermal detonators.
0: <laughs> they do seem to have... Quite a few. Like I, I guess everybody's got one. It's kind of like they're they're on a suicide mission. So if any one of them gets to the right spot, then they can then th- they need to be prepared to to blow this thing up because they've got to open up the the juggernaut first and yeah. and put the thermolator on the um, rhydonium. Yeah. Because if I, I guess if they detonate it outside, the armor plating on the outside of the ship is enough to keep them from just blowing
1: right. up. It, well, that's the thing too is. You know, this is that logic of, you know, when you see these guys, the pirates come up and stuff, they're all using spears or staffs. That's their weapons, but they've got all these thermal detonators. It's like you kind of wonder, wait a minute, where where does that cross, right? I mean, you know, you wonder. Like if they
0: could get thermal detonators, (laughs) you'd think they could get some blasters too.
1: Right, right. And that's, but that's just me thinking, you know beyond just watching the show
0: <laughs> for sure there are a couple of logic holes in this episode and i'll bring up the other one too because i agree with you it seemed to me like they had they could at least scavenge the technology to make these these runs a little more but you know what but i'm just it, gonna say this you know as as a as a justification it appears that they do pretty well against the other juggernauts so yeah. maybe most of the time the the transport drivers aren't capable of getting up there and knocking them off the transports like, you know, um, like Indiana Jones. Yeah. And, and so, so most of the time, they don't need blasters. They they jump on the back of the thing. They pry the thing open. Somebody gets up there. You know, the, the co-pilot gets out there. They, they knock them off because there's 12 of them, you know. Yeah. And then um, and then they just blow it up. So they, they might not need blasters to do it usually.
1: Well, I, th- I think it's also a setup for making it more hand-to-hand combat, too, because, when when Mando first comes out there and he's just starting to shoot him, you're like, okay, no big deal, and then his blaster fails, so you're like, Okay. This this is more like your old western fighting on top of a train kind of scenario, right? That we've seen right so many times. But yeah, that's his, what they're his, setting uh, up here. Yeah. Indiana Jones for sure. It's it's that setup.
0: Yeah, and he's got uh you know, he's got a crappy Imperial blaster that came with the outfit, you know? <laughs> so so he shoots like three people and then like and I, I can see you know I thought it was like, why didn't you bring his own blaster? I'm like well because they were they thought that this was an infiltration mission. Yeah, right. they didn't think that it was going to be a combat mission so mm-hmm. they're they're unprepared for it
1: yeah but I really and enjoyed it, this this whole section I thought it was really well done it's it's not anything we haven't really seen before, but uh the fact of as soon as he gets rid of two or three sleds of these pirates then just more and more keep showing up to the point of where it's like okay. They're not going to run out of pirates, <laughs> right?
0: And you know, as you mentioned before, if the if the transport gets going too fast, then you know the Rydonium has this little warning thing. And I sent you a picture of it, and I'll yeah. put one up on the the page. It it looks it looks dead up like it says "oh no" in some <laughs> kind of alien script, but it's red and it's like uh, you know your riddonium is about to explode. So he's got to slow down again. We slows down the the, the skiffs catch up. And Mando's, you know, up there going, why do you keep slowing down? He's like, I can't help it. (laughs) And get the chemistry between the two of them, too, when they're in it. It's like they don't question each other too much. And they're like, why are you doing that? Okay, yeah, it's probably because they they respect each other. Right. And I really do like their chemistry together. I I think Mm -hmm. I really like Bill Burr in this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, when they, you know, get to the bridge and like I said, there's more pirates than you can shake a staff at. Um, They're already thinking, this is not going to end well because I can't fend them all off. And then out of nowhere, a couple of TIE fighters come through and shoot all the pirates. And what a strange twist of, wow, Mando was just saved by TIE fighters.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. The cavalry doesn't look like it normally does.
1: Right. So they pulled the juggernaut into the building and everybody's celebrating. It's like, this is the first guys that have ever really made it through with, with a load of this stuff. And they're all right, like maybe, s- celebrating, slapping them on the back. I mean,
0: <laughs> right. Like maybe that they're the, they're the first ones to get through since the raids have since gotten the to raids. the degree yeah. they are or something. Cause it right. seems like they're still doing it. Maybe they need to make adjustments, you know, but I, I just want to point out that the, that the celebration though is like the, the most lukewarm fist pumping I've ever seen. He's, <laughs> <You know? laughs> These, the uh, the troopers are like yeah they got their arm in the air instead of at their side and there's a whole lot of like you know if you watch it with closed captioning you see that that a lot of the troopers are saying like I can't believe they made it or everybody else is de- is dead you know like it's more like you know good job troopers we really thought you were just gonna die anyway you know?
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah they they just kind of awkwardly walk through the crowd and this is you know where where Mayfield's like. Yeah, I've got to find this this terminal now, and they find one that's in the mess hall. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, this this scenario yeah. is is definitely interesting because uh, Mayfield is about ready to walk up. He's got a like a flash drive type unit or whatever that he's going to plug into this and get the coordinates to uh, Moff Gideon's cruiser. But he happens to look across the room in the mess hall and he sees one of his old commanders that he used to you know service under. And he's like, I can't yeah. go in there. Can't go in there. So he chickens out.
0: <laughs> and, you know, and he says, you know, I was just a field operative, but he I'm like, I can't take the chance that he recognizes me. But you can right. tell there's something more. He's spooked. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and like,
0: yeah, this is where the I think this is the cusp of the whole episode. You the action on the beginning, the action afterward is good. Yeah. But this is the meat of the episode right here.
1: Yeah. So he goes back and tells Mando, we can't do it here. we got to go somewhere else. And Mando's like, no, we're we're going to do this. So he decides to do it himself. So yeah, him walking into the mess hall and the commanding officer looking at him, and he does the little salute to him, or whatever, goes over to the terminal, and it's got to do a face scan, which is kind of the whole reason that this was going to be impossible to do for Mando. So he has to go in there, and he— does a scan, but he leaves his mask on and it starts beeping an air, which gets the attention of the commanding officer. And he starts looking at him quite a bit. And then at that point, Mando takes his helmet off to make a scan. So we get another uh, shot of him unmasking himself for these reasons. And this goes back to the conversation that him and Mayfield have on the way there of you know, uh, all I see is people have a line they won't cross until things get really uh, messy. So and and
0: yeah, that that was the precursor to this whole scene, and it happens first. It happens when Mando decides to go in there and 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 do it because because uh, uh, Mayfield won't do it, and then it happens because he has to take the helmet off to to get the scan, and then it keeps happening after this. You know, he gets the yeah. scan, which again. The other logic hole I wanted to point out: It's like, what's the point in having a face scan if you're not really restricting just anybody that you don't know from getting yeah. imperial information? You know, yeah, like maybe um,
1: that's that's kind of what I'm wondering too. Because it's like, if he does a face scan, I mean, is he not? Is he in the system? Is he not in the system? I mean, what good is the scan if he's somebody that's not recognized and it still gives him the information? But I don't know. I'm thinking too hard
0: yeah again i'm I'm not gonna ignore the logic hole, and I could probably invent some reason, but I'm kinda glad they didn't bother to the whole point of the the whole point of the scenario was to 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 force him out of his comfort zone, take off the helmet you know, it's a lot of plot driven stuff it's not really driven by the logic of the universe, so right. I'm not gonna get all bent out of shape over why or why not. He should have got this information, but he gets it. Pulls the stick and and uh, and Valen Hess, yeah. the the commander over there in the corner, who is just every bit the dude that you don't like, right? He's got like oh, yeah. a pocked face and he's he's got a scowl and he's got this condescending voice. He comes over, and he's like trooper, you know, you, <laughs> and and really Den doesn't handle this kind of pressure very well. This isn't <laughs> where, so he's just kind of like staring at him. He's like yeah, what's your designation is what he asked him. And he's like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a driver, a transport driver. He's like, what? And I think we're all at this point going, I wonder what a designation is. Because, you know.
1: Right. <laughs> yep. He has no idea. So he's like, no, no, what's, what's, your, what's your number, trooper? And he's like, ah. And you're like, this is a Han Solo moment where you just pull out a blaster and you shoot the guy, right? But he doesn't right. do it. And Mayfield comes in and saves the day, though.
0: And this is the next spot where, where people have their lines that they won't cross until it's time. Mayfield has seen that Mando is willing to do all this. And another thing I didn't mention earlier, everybody's reticent to help until he says they have the child. And that's yeah. what happened with Mayfield, too. He was like, yeah, you can just take your job and shove it. Bring me back down to the, the prison because I'm not helping you. Uh, you know, I, I'll i be committing suicide if I tell you where this stuff is. And And they say he's got the kid. Right. And Mayfield's like, you're a little green guy? And and immediately, it's not in anymore about the danger. It's like, oh, well, we got to protect the kid. Everybody right. in here, th- this points out how good they are inherently because yeah. they want to help this child. But he, he's got a line he won't cross, but Mando has crossed all these lines. And he's like, if I can't walk across this room and face this demon, then... I'm not worth staying alive another day. And he walks over and he says, oh, hey, yeah, you know, you're going to have to speak up because uh, yeah, he had his his ship depressurized in the battle to nab. So, you know, obviously saying that he's half deaf or whatever. And so the guy starts yelling the questions at him and he still can't answer. He's giving him a little time, but it's not enough time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then uh, again, Mayfield just says, uh, yeah, well, we got to get going. And then the officer says, you were not dismissed. Right. And then he realizes, hey, weren't you the guys that just made that run, that just got that material in here? Well, I'll tell you what, let's have a drink. So it's like he's using that as an excuse, but he's also still, you know, expects, suspects something out of these guys, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah, agreed. And
1: yeah, yeah. And this scene is dead up from inglorious bastards where they're sitting at the table and they're doing the talking here and that's kind of what I was getting to it 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 is pretty much dead on that scene and uh with the German operatives you know and uh same scenario and this is where uh mayfield's just uh still trying to cover for Mando because. The officer keeps asking Mando stuff, and he just doesn't have answers.
0: <laughs> right, right, and he's he's even like, yeah. So, what's your name? You know, your TK number is this. What's your name? And and, and uh you know, <laughs> we, just like, him ah, we, just, we just call him brown eyes. We just call brown eyes. Um, and, and credit where credit's due. I I just looked it up. the The director of this episode is uh is Rick, Famo Ywa, uh, right? Famo not a word I say every day. So yeah. you got to give me a chance. But I do recognize his name from an earlier episode. Not sure which one, but I remember seeing it. And but uh, I, I agree, though it's very much like it's it's very dialogue driven in a way yep. that a Tarantino yep. script would be. I wouldn't mind if he did jump in and do one, but yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um,
1: but it gets it gives you that whole uncomfortable situation where you can't just get up and walk out. And oh, it just, it's so good. Yeah, it's really really good, and it just keeps building and building. And this is where Mayfield says, "Hey." He was wanting to do a toast and then he brings up where Mayfield was under this guy's command and it was just a slaughter wherever they went.
0: He says, he said, let's, let's toast to Operation Cinder.'" Yeah. And, uh, and the guy's like, Oh, here's a man who knows his history. He's like, Oh, I don't have to know my mystery. And eh, you're my history. I was there. Right. And I was at Burnin' Khan is what he said. I had to write it down. I'm not, you know, so yeah. he's like, I was there at Vernon and con and the guy's like, yeah, hard decisions were made that day. And you know, it's the, 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 just the acting, you know, yeah. where the guy's just being so smug and Mayfield has, has gone past. He's not afraid anymore. Yeah. Now he's calling this guy to task. Right. He's like, yeah. I was there and you made the call to kill everybody. Yeah. How do you feel about that? And the guy's like, well, they're all heroes to the empire. And at first, you you think the guy's gonna get mad at him, but then, like as they get to talking, the guy starts believing his own rhetoric, and he's like, "Well, you know, it's here's the empire. You know, pretty soon the the rebellion's falling apart, infighting, all this, and they'll be crawling back to us for some order." Right? Yeah. You everybody. Know, and he's everybody believing says they want his freedom. own stuff.
1: Yeah. Everybody claims they want freedom, but what they really want is order. You know, and that's that's a pretty strong statement, and you know that is terrifying because you know you 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 see that even even in our society of a lot of things that's that's the mindset of you know the tyranny that we see around the world
0: yeah and you know it, it's it's everybody does want order to a degree for sure i mean and, and that's how these things happen is how authoritarianism comes in right but you know in this scene you've got somebody who's been there and seen what the end game is right. He's seen that these people are willing to kill anyone who volunteers to the cause to further the cause that they say is to help everyone, you know? And and he's like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to buy this crap anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That whole, uh, the, the ends justifies the means, you know, that's such a, uh, I don't know. I mean, and that's, that's where you see the change of this character. Right. And even, even Mando seen at this point, matter of fact, He's at the point of looking at Mayfield and be like, "No, man, don't don't keep pushing this, right?" <laughs> I've, I've got,
0: <laughs> I've got right here in my notes because I watched it this morning and I, and I didn't notice it when I watched it the first time. Like, Dins over there, and he's and he just shakes his head. <laughs> he just he makes this. He shakes his head just a little bit so that the yep. other guy won't see. But don't it's do like, it. don't do this. Don't do this. And and Mayfield's like, you know what? You're right. You know what? And and. and Typical to the character, he's decided and he's done. Yeah, he, he's no longer going to wheedle over whether it's right or wrong. He's decided what he knows is right in this scenario, and he's yep. about to act.
1: Yep, and act he does.
0: <laughs> so he he jumps up and he just shoots Valen Hess right in the chest.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't even jump up. He does the solo kind of sit there. It's not under the table, but he shoots him right in the chest. And then everybody in the mess room just freezes. There's a stormtrooper over there <laughs> with a tray in his hand with a cup on it.
0: <laughs> and he's just looking like,
1: uh, I don't know what to do. It's, so- such, it's <laughs> such a good... <laughs>
0: That's such a good scene because, like, he shoots him, and there's a long pause, and, and like, then it focuses on the stormtrooper with his lunch tray.
1: <laughs> so Mayfield just looks at him, is like, "Well, I gotta shoot you too." <laughs> so then they and, just start blasting everybody in, in the in the the mess hall, and and again, we're back to full fledged action.
0: And they have this escape plan where they've got uh, Dune and they've got Fennec Shan who are up on the. uh, you know, up on a a, a, a cliffside nearby, and they yep. they've scoped out all the places where they need to to, to cover their retreat. Right? right. One other thing that uh, that uh, Valen Hess says before he dies is he says, "Hey, and with that that um, what's this stuff called?
1: Uh, Rhydonium.
0: With the Rhydonium that you guys managed to deliver today, we can cause all kinds of problems for uh, the rebellion. And and basically, you know, you see the gears clicking. You know, mm-hmm. where where." where not only is 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 Mayfield, you know, you know, confronting this guy, but also he just realized that by being such a good operative, he's managed to bring all this yeah. Rhydonium to the Empire, and all they plan on doing it is killing people with it.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, you just you see the switch that happens.
0: Yeah, it's it's awesome because it's all non-vocal. You know, the conversation is not what's happening. Right, and it's done so well, but yeah. So they're they're retreating from out of there, and Fennec Shan and 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 Caradune are are picking stormtroopers off whenever they stick their heads out the window after them because they kick this grate out, and then they're on this ledge trying to get away.
1: Yeah, another great scene, and you know, it's <clears throat> what's amazing is none of this stuff is it's not like anything you haven't seen before. We've seen this stuff a million times, but. Seeing it played out again and in this manner, it just, it just works, man. But yeah, them crawling out on the ledge, stormtroopers coming through trying to shoot, and you got the, your snipers knocking them off, and they try to get to this rooftop, <clears throat> and this is where I, I want to talk about the Slave One, man, because it's it, it's it's obviously the oddest ship in the Star Wars galaxy, yeah. but I I, it, I love them but it's almost kind of stealth like too and you don't understand the abilities that it has i mean i've never thought of it either but the fact that he you know could get that ship down close to that ledge and they could jump across from the top of that building onto it you just don't don't think about it being as maneuverable as it is
0: yeah it's um it's a weird ship and i always remember liking it as a kid um the oh,
1: yeah.
0: the name of it you know like like <clears throat> the the millennium falcon is like the YT 1600 the, the, the name for it is it's the Fire Spray 31. Hmm. And uh, and it's a patrol vehicle. I mean, and I guess that they they figured it would be because it's got that big 360 degree canopy where the pilot can see through the windshield. Yeah. I, I don't know. But it's, it's just, it's cool because it looks nothing like a, a jet. It looks nothing like anything earthbound. It, it yeah. was an invention of some creator. And I, I, yeah, it, it's kind of like a big space coffin that just, thrusts you forward, you know, <laughs> just well, it's good.
1: Like, it's like it has the abilities to fly in any different manner, too. So it's like, you know, the windows at the top where so normally it's facing upwards. So Boba Fett can see directly the direction that he's going. But like in this situation, <clears throat> it's laying down flat, like in a landing position for these guys to jump on it. So being yeah. able being able to control that like he does, and it's small enough that it can fit in places that most ships can't
0: yeah no no doubt and so the the slave one comes to the rescue lands down and and opens up the the same cargo hold that they put captain solo in and you know mayfield and uh and and then get a running start and you know jump over that uh that ledge and onto that and into the ship yeah and then you know the on the way out uh
1: Mayfield's still burned up, man. He's still hot because this has brought back tons of memories and all the anger of why he is who he is. He says, Hand me that rifle.
0: (laughs) Yep. And, you know, being an Imperial sharpshooter, you know, like might have seemed like a joke because, you know, uh, no stormtrooper can hit anything. (laughs) Actually, there was a joke in the prisoner episode where where he says, You're an Imperial sharpshooter, hon. He's like, Yeah, I'm not a stormtrooper, I'm an Imperial (laughs) sharpshooter. And I have to admit I didn't like the pistol on his shoulder thing. That thing was dumb. But um yeah. he didn't have it in this one. And he takes that that rifle and, and from you know from the stratosphere he he scopes down and sees the open uh rhydonium chamber on one of those juggernauts and he knows exactly what to do. Yeah. He uh he shoots that thing and, and the whole Imperial base just goes up.
1: Yeah. So he's kind of, you know, corrected his course, even though he's still, you know, uh, a low-life guy that does whatever he can to survive, but I think he not only got a lot off, off of his chest and why he is the way he is, but this group as well kind of sees, wow, you know, this is a change of character because most times he could care less. All he's worried about is himself, but realistically, this was for himself.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I love the character, and and I hope that you know when. So you know, we're, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I did want to say that they mentioned TPS reports too. When when he's like, well, right. you know, me and Brown Eyes, we got to get off. We got some TPS reports to do, which is a uh, you know it's an office space reference, right? Um, but yeah, so so the, yeah, he he blows up the 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 base, and the fire spray takes him down. You know, they they, they land and and. uh and it's kind of time for goodbye, and he puts his wrists out and he's like, "All right, Marshall, you know, take me back." Yeah. And and Cara, Cara Dune is like, you know, it's really a shame that uh, Mayfield didn't make it back.
1: Right. And for yeah.
0: just a minute, you can see him, you know, kind of, kind of thinking, "Are they going to kill me?" <laughs> You know, he's not. This whole good bad thing is still new for him, and you know, it isn't for us. We know these people are all good, but for him, it's just another group. And the rebellion was just another group that was just as willing to throw him in prison, right? So he he's like, "Is this Marshal for the Republic gonna kill me because I used to work for the Empire?" Right. But uh, she's seen the change in him, and she says, "You know," and and she clarifies, she says, "It's too bad that he didn't make it out of that Mm -hmm. explosion." And when he does, he's like. Am I free?
1: Because
0: because I'll because I'll go. You know he's like yeah. I'm not going to take. I'm not looking this give horse in the mouth. I'm out of here. If I'm out of here,
1: yeah. Mando just gives him a little head nod like go on, man. <laughs> so let's let's back up a step though, man. Yeah. Because because coming out of Boba Fett's ship, coming down and them jumping on it and the explosion, you got a couple of Tie Fighters that come after him. And true. This is where I was getting excited because I'm again I'm going okay. We're finally going to see the slave one in some action, some firefight, which we've never really seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're still not going to see it. you you remember those charges?
1: Yeah. They
0: were from episode 2, I think, right? The seismic charges right. that uh, Django uses?
1: Yeah. And but when he dropped it and it does that, I was just like, "Man."
0: <laughs> oh, in and- I was watching it with my family, and, and when it drops, I was like, "Oh, I know what that is!" And then it does that; it has that like rubber band, that rubber band sound. You go, yep. It like <laughs> shoots this 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 shock wave that goes out in um in all directions, like a linear shock wave, and it just blows up both those Tie Fighters. <laughs>
1: uh, so yeah, sorry, not to mention so good. That. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mayfield is set free, and then when he's walking away. Charadun looks at uh, Mando and says, so did you get the coordinates for, for the ship? And he kind of says, yeah. And then it cuts back to Moff Gideon's ship. Hey, we have to mention, too, that we don't see Grogu in this episode at all. So this is a first, too. True. So uh, Moff Gideon's up in his ship, and his commanding officers come up, and they're like, hey, sir, I think you need to see this. And Mando pretty much sends him a hologram message saying the speech that Moff Gideon gave in the first season of you've got something that I want. And I don't think you know what it is that you have, but I want it and all that kind of stuff. And he makes him a personal message using his own words. And it's pretty awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. And I, I love it because, you know, it's also, you know, Moff Gideon standing there at the, uh, at the table and the hologram of, of Mando's, you know, looming in front of him. and, it kind of reminded me of the, you know, the message to Jabba the Hutt in uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi is like you've been you've been doing this with with Den the whole journey. And you know that he's a bad dude. Right. Yeah. But the whole time he hasn't been on equal footing with Moff Gideon. Right. Even when he took him out at the end of the last episode, Moff Gideon is this Darth Vader, you know, main player and uh and den is just a guy trying to apply his trade and and he's he's managed to make some friends and he's kind of hard scrabble at this point he's telling him he's like you know what you don't know what you have because this child means something to me right and pretty soon i'm gonna have him back yeah and he he's not you know he's not asking him to please give him back he's not saying you know, what can i trade for him he's like i'm yeah. just as bad as you yeah. you're looking at a Mandalorian you know i'm 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 a keeper of the old ways, you know I've got Beskar armor, and I've taken out more of your dudes than you realize, and I'm coming, yeah, and it, you know at that moment it kind of elevates him to the same level, and I thought it was great,
1: yeah, yeah, and you can even see it in in uh moff Gideon's face kind of a
0: yeah hmm, he's scared,
1: yeah, maybe a little <laughs>
0: <laughs> he he looked scared to me I mean or at least concerned how about that
1: yeah so, yeah, man, and that's kind of where this episode ends. And we got one episode left, right, for this season?
0: Is that is that it? I, I keep meaning to look up how many episodes they have, um, but I, I haven't, so I don't know. I, th-
1: I think it is. I think there's one more. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see where this winds up as far as a season ender.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, this was kind of a slow simmer. It, it had action. But I, I think it did a great job of both furthering the plot of the show and also furthering kind of a an understanding of the galaxy you know through some complicated characters. You know, Mayfield's about as complicated a character as you're gonna get in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And you know, I really hope that Disney reaches out to him and says, Hey, you want to do a little, you know, six shot mini series or something? Because I would watch it.
1: Well he might even end up on a different series for four or five episodes in a row or something. I mean, who knows? You know, you saw. Yeah, that, that's what I was, You saw that list of all the new shows coming out, right? There's like oh man, yeah, 11, they're going for broke. Eleven shows and then a Willow series as well.
0: <laughs> uh, that Willow series made me happy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's going to be great, but I love Willow.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll just see. Uh, see how that all pans out, man. So it's exciting news and. You know, it scares me at the same time because you can overdo. I mean, we got a True. got a great thing going right here. So, you know, as long as they stay on grounded and and don't get too separated from everything, you know, I think I think they can pull this off. But we'll just have to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, you, if your competition is Warner Brothers, then you're pretty much not going to fail because they're shooting themselves in the foot yeah, every day of the week.
1: They sure are. Yeah. So, yeah, man, good episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we hope that if you're out there listening, then, you know, you enjoyed being along with us. You know, this is kind of a companion piece to the episode and by no means is it anywhere near as entertaining as the show itself. But we just wanted to gush and share. And uh, and it gives us a chance to catch up with what each other thought about the show, too. So if you're out there and you're enjoying the show, you know, give us a message. Uh, pretty soon it'll be done. And uh, you know, you can let us know if it was worth doing in the first place. showed <laughs> <Sure> enough. <laughs> All right, so have a good week. We'll see you next week for episode 16,
1: The whatever. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> I've never met a real man, Lauren. heard stories. And they we're good at killing.
0: find Ahsoka Tano. Tell her you were sent by bo This is the way.